If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 39. Can we turn over there for a moment? This is going to be the truth that we're going to look into to bring into our own lives, and it's found in the story of a man by the name of Joseph. The, uh, his life is recorded in great detail, and the story of Joseph takes up about 25% of the book of Genesis. So apparently there's something extremely important for us to learn from him and his life. There are lots of things that we could take from the life of Joseph, but here in verse 39, I want you to look in on something with me. His brothers have sold him into slavery at this point. They envied him because he was his father's favorite, and they did not like him, and he, he told them his dreams, and his dreams had to do with them bowing down to him. It might not have been so wise for Joseph to tell his brothers this uh, at that point in his life, so they envied him and they hated him even more, finally to the point that they sold him into slavery. They built a false report, brought it to their, their father, saying that Joseph had been ravaged by a wild animal. They brought back his coat of many colors, his tunic that his father had given him that was very special, and poured blood on it, and his father believed, Jacob believed, that Joseph was now dead and gone. But now in verse 1 of chapter 39 of Genesis, we see now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. I want you to remember that. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. The way that Potiphar knew the Lord was with Joseph is because whatever he did, he did it well. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him, that is, Potiphar made Joseph overseer of his house, and all that he had put under, uh, all that he had, he put under his, Joseph's, authority. Wow, now let's jump down to verse 20. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. A little thing has happened between verse 4 and verse 20, where Potiphar's wife went after Joseph, and uh, Joseph refused her. He said, I have, I have charge of everything in Potiphar's house. However, I do not have his wife. And she was persistent. And so persistent that she grabbed a hold of his robe to kiss him, maybe? I don't know. But she asked him to lie with her. And so she grabbed a hold of his robe, and Joseph fled. You know, there's, there's really only one answer to lust. Flee it. <laughs> Flee it. All right? So he fled out of there and leaving his robe in her hands, so she concocted a story against him. And she told Potiphar that Joseph actually tried to take advantage of her. And when she screamed, he ran off, and there he left his robe. But Joseph did none, nothing like that. Joseph was a man of integrity. In verse 20, his master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. 
and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. Something about this young man, he just keeps rising to the top no matter where he is. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. Are you catching the theme? The Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. This is the truth I want you to focus on this week, to confess, to meditate. Wherever you are, the Lord is with you. Well, why don't we just say that? Wherever I am, the Lord is with me. He was with Joseph in the palace. He was with Joseph in the prison. So it really doesn't matter where you go. All you need to know is that the Lord is with you. All right? Can you say this with me today? The Lord is with me wherever I go. He is my reward. Because he is with me, I am favored. I am successful. And I will prosper. And because I prosper, so will others prosper with me. Amen and amen. Wherever you go, the Lord is with you. All right? That's all you need to know. In, in the book of Matthew, Jesus is teaching uh, this in, in, in chapter 7. Uh, he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and, and the door will be open to you. And then he says, then he gives an analogy. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, if a, fa- if a son asks his father for bread, will he give him a scorpion? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a snake? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? But that same account is found in Luke chapter 11, and he says it a bit different. Luke, Luke says it a bit different. He says, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? What, what we need to make the connection here is, if the Lord is with me, if the Lord is with me, who is good, then all good things are with me. All that he has. All that he has. Because he is yours, then all that he has is yours. Hallelujah. That's why you can know that you're favored. That's why you can know that you're successful. That's why you can know that you will prosper because God is with you. Hallelujah. Get that in your heart and in your mind this week. Chew on that. Just believe it. Say it. Wherever I go, the Lord is with me. And understand that everywhere you go then, he goes and there's always opportunity for him to shine through you and for his glory to be known for you to experience even for your own self his blessing upon your life and that blessing being upon you that blessing of Abraham that where God says I will bless you and you will be a blessing hallelujah now Genesis chapter 1 of all the things the big things that are in Genesis we must look at this My favorite part of Genesis to preach is, of course, Abraham. He's the father of our faith. But I want us to look at verse 1, Genesis 1-1. In 
the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Wow. Where your start is, there he is. And before your start was, he was. In the beginning, there is God. Now, I happen to believe that this is the most important single verse in the entire book of Genesis. Because if this verse is not true, then none of the rest of the story is true. It has to start here. This is the foundation for everything that we believe. That God was there in the beginning and God made and created everything that we see and know about life. God created us. God created everything that we see. I just want to walk through quickly just a brief synopsis of the days of creation. Day one, he created night and day. Day two, he created sky and sea. Day three, he created land and vegetation. Day four, he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now, how is it possible that day one, he created day and night, and day four, he created sun, moon, and stars? Interesting. And when you read that account that God spent that first day separating light from darkness, that means that he gave light parameters, boundaries, for this system of time, for this solar system, and set it up already before the sun, the moon, the stars got there to govern that system. He first started night and day, and all of these things were done, ladies and gentlemen, in spite of what a lot of people say, there's lots of speculation on the creation days, it was six literal days. Amen. And sometime I'll go into that whole teaching and uh, explain why that's true and why we must believe that they were literal days. All right? Verse, uh, and day five, he created the sea creatures, all the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Day six, the animals and his greatest creation, man, made in his very image. And then on day seven, God rested, the scripture says. I like the way James Weldon Johnson, one of the great poets of our time, wrote a poem called The Creation. And I want to read a little excerpt from it because it's so wonderfully penned. And God stepped out on space and he looked around and said, I'm lonely. I'll make me a world. And far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything. Blacker than a hundred midnights down in a cypress swamp. Then God smiled and the light broke. And the darkness rolled up on one side and the light stood shining on the other. And God said, that's good. Everything about this story. And I want to encourage you this week even to read the first chapter of Genesis. Genesis 1, it's 31 verses. 
1 through 31. Read that, read that account. Remember, this is where we began. It all, everything that we know about life, every, all of our reasoning, our purpose is found in this truth. God created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. This is the big thing here that we must get, that we must understand, because it start, our beginning is there. And from that day forward, God's story begins to unfold for us and for this world, especially the story of his son. Now go over to Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to look at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a, we get to talk about Abraham a little bit. Genesis chapter 22. God has promised Abram a son, and through the miracle power of God, Abraham and Sarah are able to conceive, she's able to conceive and bear a son at a very old age. And then we come to chapter 22 and verse 1. At this point, God has already changed Abram's name to Abraham. Abraham and his son Ishmael and all the men born in his house have been circumcised. This is the seal of the righteousness that they obtained through faith. And now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. Verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. I'm sorry, I jumped from 2 to 6, forgive me. Uh, verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself. That's a key, key verse right there. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. We can see the person of Jesus in various places in this book, but this is of utmost importance for all of us. God was showing us great mercy here. God is showing us a wonderful picture, a hope, of his son that would come. God would not invade, nor would he break his law of free choice. God would not just invade the earth with his son and force redemption. But God had to first get a man to get in covenant with him, a man who would willingly give him anything, and God in exchange would willingly give Abraham anything. And when God saw that Abraham would not 
withhold his only son from God, then God could not from that day forward withhold his only son from us. Hallelujah. And when Abraham made the choice to obey God and to lay his son down on that altar, willing to go fully through the sacrifice, God said, that's all I need to know. And Hebrews says that Abraham, it, it talks back about this story, it says that Abraham received Isaac in a figure. He saw him already dead and raised from the dead. And this was happening in this realm of faith, and in his heart it was done. So as far as God was concerned, that's all that needed to happen. He didn't even have to go through with it because he already did it in his heart. And once Abraham decided to give God his precious only promised son, then God had to fulfill his end of the deal and then give entrance into the, uh, into the earth to give his own son so that all of us could be beneficiaries of that great promise. Hallelujah. His great son. Not only did God exchange his son for Isaac, but he also exchanged his son for all of us who are children of promise because the scripture says that if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Glory to God. What a, what a mighty, great God we serve. What a, what a story. And it's amazing that even in our beginning where God created the heavens and the earth, the scripture also says that his son was slain before the foundation of the world. Think about it. God already had a plan of redemption just in case man made the wrong choice. Just in case man chose wrong. God already had redemption ready. He already had the plan in place. If Adam had never sinned, if we had never sinned, it never would have had to happen. But he had it ready just in case. He thought through the process, there's got to be a way to redeem man if he chooses wrong. Aren't you glad he had a plan? Matter of fact, he quickly let us know what that plan was in Genesis chapter 3. There they all are, caught red-handed, the serpent, Eve, and Adam. And God shows up. And he talks to all three of them. And he makes them all accountable for what they did. And then he said to the serpent, I will put hatred or enmity between your seed and her seed, capital S. My plan of redemption has just begun. <laughs> Hallelujah. And from that day forward, it begins to unfold. Book after book after book after book. Yeah. We see the dawning of redemption all throughout this old covenant. The person of the Lord Jesus appears and shows us what's coming, who he is. Hallelujah. And today we're living in that great dispensation, that great day of the grace of Almighty God. The fact that Christ has died for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again from the dead and we have salvation through him. Hallelujah. God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. Think about it. Christ in me the hope of glory. What an amazing thought. Christ is in us. See, he was with Joseph, and he's with you, but he's with you better than he was with Joseph. He's in you. 
Hallelujah. Where you go, he goes, you house the spirit of the living God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So God talks about you wherever you go. There he goes. God was there in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And God sent his son who died in our place. As that beautiful song was singing this morning, a beautiful exchange. He, the son of God, became the son of man so that we, sons of men, could become sons of God. Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we thank you for, for your word. Father, I pray that your people this week, God, would more than ever be mindful that wherever they are, the Lord is with them. So that the things of this world have no ability to persuade them otherwise. They have no sway in their choices, in their decisions but they are resolute, fully persuaded that no matter where I go, God is with me. And because God is with me, anything is possible. Because God is with me, I am healed. Because God is with me, I am restored. Because God is with me, I am favored. I am successful because God is with me. I am prosperous because God is with me. I am blessed because my God is with me. And Father, I thank you that this truth, Lord, would take deep root in our hearts that we would never forget but always be in remembrance. Every day, every day is a purposeful day. Every day is an assignment. Every day, God, there's a task. Every day, God, there is a calling. Because you are with us, and in you is life, and in you is hope, and in you is peace, and in you we live and move and have our being. Thank you, Father, for this great church. Thank you for these people, Lord. And I declare your blessing upon them. I declare, God, that your word works mightily in them. We know that you watch over your word to perform it. I thank you, Lord, for a people who live in the realities of your promises, God. Thank you, God, for this church, people who are hungry for the word, who live by the word, God, and who live of its fruit. Hallelujah. Life and that more abundantly. Father, I thank you for your blessing upon them today in Jesus' name, that your word will take full effect in whatever they need in their lives in Jesus' name. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Thank you, Lord, for that, according to the power that works in us, in the name of Jesus. And I declare that your people are blessed in their going out, just like they've been blessed in their coming in. Though their enemy comes at them one way, he'll have to flee in seven, because they are blessed in the city, they're blessed in the field, they're blessed in their basket, they're blessed in the storehouse. Wherever they go, they are blessed, and everything their hand touches shall prosper. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they will condemn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you have made all things possible. You have opened up a way of a limitless life through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
who came to give us that life and life evermore. I thank you, Lord God, that your people walk in a greater level of abundance even this week, God. I thank you for God encounters in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunities to share that message of reconciliation with friends, neighbors, coworkers, strangers, whoever you might bring across their path, God, that they would be bold in their confession, bold in their testimony, bold in the gospel in the name of Jesus. I declare that you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. And the blood of Jesus cleanses them and covers their lives. We give you praise and glory for your everlasting kindness and your love that knows no end. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.